Welcome to the Sports and Media Show with Jeff and Joe. Jeff Owens is the WEIU-FM director at Eastern Illinois University, and Joe Gisandi is the author of Field Guide to Covering Sports. The Sports and Media Show is a sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports. Now, let's go to the show. All right, welcome back. This is episode 27 of the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good, good, good. Kind of early. It is early. We're recording this one a little earlier for those of you who are looking for it. 5 a.m. <laughs> 5 a.m. Well, maybe 8 a.m. It's 5 a.m. at West Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I West guess Coast. so. There you go. Oh. All right. Hey, it's live. So got you know, got this music this morning. Proves that we're live. Dan will be in later. There you go. Um, let's just talk about what you uh, you sent me a topic this morning that I didn't have on my list, but the more I think about it, probably should be. Russell Westbrook um, is uh, averaging a triple-double. Will average a triple-double, I think, right, for the yeah, year. Yeah, I think so. That's amazing. Had his, like, eighth or ninth in a row last night. Uh, incredible. Just an incredible performance. And you posed the question to me, is it the best single season? Or what you said to me. Well, yeah, it was the best single season performance ever. You know, you know, in journalism, we always say everything's the most spectacular and great. And when you say it all the time, yeah. it loses its meaning. But what does this mean? I mean, how are writers going to write about this? How does it compare historically? I was thinking about when you think of, you know, what, what are the best single season performances by an athlete? I think the one that gets lost, that this is the reason I didn't immediately say, yeah, what Westbrook's doing is number one, is one year Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 points a game. To me, that's incredible. Now, I know you can say Wilt was a freak of nature and that he was the only really seven-footer at his time, but that's not his fault. And he still had to score 50 points a game, and there were people trying not to let him score 50 points a game. I, I think they're all, in some ways, freaks of nature because they're – when you're playing at this level, you're extraordinary physically and mentally or some combination thereof. But Will Chamberlain, you can be that tall and still not. I mean, we've seen guys like Manute Bowl and others go out yeah. there and, uh, and not do very well. I think Will Chamberlain's uh, 50 points and I think uh, like 25 or 28 rebounds a year, that's extraordinary. I mean, it, it, for his time period or any time period, that's definitely in a top list. I think so. I think any of the guys who won triple crowns in baseball, 162 games, or 154 in some instances. That, that's pretty amazing, too, to win the Triple Crown. I know we had Miguel Cabrera did it a couple of years ago, but Ted, yeah. Ted Williams did it before. Uh, hitting over 400 in Major League Baseball, uh, that that's pretty incredible. So there's some single seasons that are amazing. So, yeah, yeah, but Russell Westbrook, we might be seeing it here in 2017, one of the greatest single-season athletic performances uh, that we'll ever, uh, we'll ever see. And, you know, I think it's maybe so old it's cliché, but Babe Ruth having hit 59 homers in 1921 – was more than all but I think one or two teams in the league. Yeah, that's another. He like hitting 200 homers, and and Gretzky, whatever year it was in the 90s when he had uh, uh, 92 goals, and I think Esposito's 76 was the record before that. And you know, and and I, and I love metrics, WAR. You know, wins yeah. against replacement. Babe Ruth's WAR in 1921, I, it was like 12 something, and it was the second best ever. Two years later, he beat it. <laughs> you know. So that's amazing. Yeah, there's some great athletes in, out there. And the thing about Wes, Russell Westbrook is I really think the media and, and, and we looked at him as not being a really fun guy to cover a few years ago, but I think he grows on you. 
because I used to not really. I used to think he was kind of just kind of a, an angry man who kind of didn't wasn't a team player, didn't really care. I think he would. I thought he'd be a guy that would go from team to team to team, but he's really come to be a guy that likes Oklahoma City. Says he'll stay there forever, uh, and the, his teammates seem to love him that play with him, mm-hmm. uh, and so he's really come around a little bit. So I think that's another interesting side to the Russell Westbrook story. Yeah, it's sometimes when we're covering people, we have to remember there's 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 people who are outgoing and, and people who who are not, and, um, and and some people who are, you know, extroverts have some difficult. I mean, don't have difficulty with introverts. I'm a wildly when you take those Meyer Briggs tests, I'm I'm an extrovert. So I assumed everybody was like that till I started seeing this, and I realized I teach with people who are major introverts, and we have athletes we cover who are introverts, and just because they're and I don't know that Westbrook is introverted. We have to make sure that we realize just because they're not on all the time doesn't mean they don't want to talk to you or they're surly like you're saying. Yeah, and he seems to have fun playing. I mean, last night they showed the highlights. I saw the highlights this morning, and you know, before the game he's goofing around, and he's just having a great time, and, he, and they're in the playoffs. So he's got to start getting you know thinking about playoffs and whether they can do some damage on top of a regular season too. Sure. So we'll see what happens there. So interesting. Of course, the other big news yesterday was Eastern Illinois University's own Tony Romo retired from the National Football League and the Dallas Cowboys, and then immediately has been elevated to the number one analyst position at CBS for their CBS football package coming up in the fall, uh, which means that Phil Simms is either out or going to be reassigned. I don't know if that's actually been uh, decided, but your thoughts on Eastern's favorite son? I don't think he deserves the number one spot. I I understand why they probably have done this. He's a big name. You're going to watch it. I know that Phil Simms gets a lot of uh, flack for what he does, but uh, and he does come across. I don't. He doesn't come across warm and fuzzy, certainly, but he certainly knows the game, and I think he does it well. You know, I'm not a Phil Sam's lover, but I'm not a Phil Sims hater like the Bronco fans and some of the people that he seems to the teams that think that he picks on. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was it's pretty gutsy on CBS to immediately just say Tony, hey, you're gonna you're gonna be a number one. You know, even if he's number two, that's not bad going from a you know NFL to number no, two. No, not at all. But to immediately take Phil Sims's spot is a is is gutsy on CBS's fault. But again, CBS is probably the least watched NFL network when you think about it. NBC's been doing great. Right. Fox has been doing great uh, and so CBS needed to do something so if nothing else we're talking about CBS today on this podcast and I'm sure all across the country sports radio today Romo and Sims are our topic one or topic two yeah it's about getting eyeballs there and try or, or whether it's on TV or you know did I don't know if you saw Amazon now just signed a 50 million dollar deal uh, to stream 10 NFL games on Thursday nights yeah so they're going to stream it but there's going to be another Another company is going to be allowed to stream it too, but theirs is going to go into Amazon Prime, which you have to pay right. for. I yeah, uh, I'm just going to watch it on whatever TV station it's on. I'm sorry. I'll be wondering. Uh, I'll be curious to see if if there's there's probably going to be a, it's probably going to be an NFL Network on top of that. I don't yeah. know if it'll be on one of the others, but um, I don't know. I, I I don't get Amazon Prime. If I I, I did for a short period of time, um, if I could stream it off the NFL Network, I don't think you can, right? I you know I'm I'm I. I'm traditional. I don't watch a lot of this football on right. the streaming. Because I was I, watching the Yankees game last night yeah. on my MLB.com app yeah. on my phone. You know, so and I know lots of more people are doing it. But yeah. you're right, the big screen's awfully nice yeah. too. Well, the only time I will, my kids have an event or something, and I'll you know, we'll do the Sunday ticket maybe. But yeah, yeah. So I don't know how what that what will be. I think they're still working out, but it's going to be weird on Thursday night. There's going to be tons of ways to access that game. The problem with Thursday night game is there's not been a lot of people that want to access. Well, they put they put, they typically put teams. That it's they Browns don't want. Titans. I always say it's, that's what it is. Oh, that's it's what? Brown, 
It's Browns, Browns Titans. Yeah, I don't know if it's uh, <laughs> if they figure okay, you're not on the prime time all the time. Let's throw you on Thursday night. But that's a prime time too, if they unless they don't care about viewers. I think the rule was that every team had to appear in a Thursday night, a Monday night, Sunday night, or a, the one of those games. And so Thursday night seems to be the the least of the bright lights and so they would put some of the the teams that like the Jaguars, Titans, Browns that seem like on those Thursday night games more and more but you know what do you do? It's well it's not good for the game. I mean no. the, the same reason you put Tony Romo maybe as your number one analyst, you put your best games on Thursday night and Monday night and all the yeah. others. You don't put Browns Titans for yeah. God's sakes. And like you said, Phil Sims love him or hate him. He's, I hope I hope that CBS has done him right and he lands somewhere or at least is number 2 there. Uh, I hate to say a guy just be pushed out. I, I mean, it's not like he did anything wrong. He just, whether he's no. excited or not, is how you look at things. New kid in town, right? There you go. NCAA finale was Monday night of the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, won, uh, and it was a game that is being just pretty much lambasted as the referees took over, and, it, and somebody said, college basketball season ends on a dud. We'll just look forward to next year and put a stamp on it. Yeah, I was very un... I don't know that I blame the refs, but there were an awful lot of calls made there, and I don't know that that made a difference as much as maybe uh, the the one player for Gonzaga, and I forget his name, whose his hand was all skinned up and everything. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was it kind was of no bland. Fl- yeah. It was, really was a bland game. As close as it was, you're going, oh, that's was, nice. So I, I wish I could remember. And the I sports, watched it. The but, sports writer who said it was an underwhelming tournament from start to finish there just wasn't a lot of magic moments the shiny one magic shiny moment right. whatever the song is uh it was just one of those tournaments that just kind of went along and there's some good games there wasn't anything that really I, I you're not going to think back to the 2017 year and say oh remember that happened where like last year you remember where you were when villanova hit the shot or right. my or where i was saturday when oklahoma my team i was rooting for it is absolutely laid an egg so you, you think about those things this year I don't, there's really nothing that stands out no and, and it's also hard to because every year you're expecting this match it's, when you're expecting something great, if it's not doubly so, great, yeah. it's it's only okay. Well, right? think about the last sports season too. We had the Cavaliers come back three one, the Cubs won, uh, Trump won. Even not sports, but you, you saw no, all these the wild finishes wild stuff and stuff yeah. happen, and then all of a sudden you get to the NCAA tournament, and North Carolina beats Gonzaga. A blue blood beats the team that you know. Even though they're an upstart, we've been hearing about Gonzaga for more than a decade. My only major complaint is North Carolina is still under NCAA. Uh, Whatever. There'll be an investigation. There's an investigation right. going on where there's still not been for an the answer for 12 years of academic, quote unquote, fraud, alleged fraud, whatever you want to call it, and we still don't have an answer. What happens when they actually have to face this sanction? Again, that's been talked about, and of course, CBS and Jim Nance just did just brushed it over and didn't bring it up again on Monday night. I don't. I don't think the NCAA is going to really affect, address this anymore. I, I think they know they turn a blind eye. I, I, again. Since SMU got the death penalty and destroyed that, a program that was one of the best in, in all of uh, college sports, I don't think they're going to do this anymore. They, it's all about the money now, which is which is sad. Even I, I blame presidents of universities more than anybody. There you go. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, I know you're a big golf fan and a golfer. I'm not. Masters starts this week. You know what I like about the Masters? I don't watch it, but I love the promos that ESPN and CBS <laughs> do yeah. about the different holes and the tradition and the yeah. voices and the imagery. They do a great job of making me want to like golf, I just it's it's something I can't sit and watch. It's a sport that if you don't play, it's very difficult to warm up to. 
Um, well said, all Joe. The, all You're the, a writer, aren't you? Yeah, well, maybe sometimes. <laughs> uh, that said, when you play it, you're not necessarily warming up to it on the course. I can tell you I've about wanted to throw my clubs. Uh, maybe I have on a roof once um, or something like that. But it's – talking about golf, I know this isn't the Masters, but this past week I just, I just saw the other day that um, there's a golfer on the LPGA Tour that – was taken her title was taken from her because a viewer on TV and this isn't the first time it's happened I've heard of this saw her place the ball about a half inch or less than a half inch away from, from where she originally put it and they called it in and you and the way golf is is if you s- sign the golf card and something else happens later they give you a two stroke penalty plus you get a two stroke for that so she had a four stroke penalty and she loses the tournament which is ridiculous because there's no other sport where I, I should call in going hey you know that was a travel there in the NCAA game <laughs> yeah. oh but that was two days ago perfectly fine we're gonna give that foul we're gonna go out there shoot the ball it changes the whole complexion of a golf thing who knows if you're gonna go for the short you know if you're going for the layup um, uh, a short little um, a chip shot on there. If you're going for a two putt, it completely changes it. We should not have viewers doing this. It infuriates me that uh, this is allowed. I, I, you know, I like to argue with you, but I have to agree with you again, Joe. Yeah, I agree. Viewers should have no input on this, uh, you know, at, at all. But the other thing is, the four stroke penalty is way too much. She moved the ball maybe a quarter of an inch, half an inch. I don't care what you say. I don't know anything about golf. I've played it maybe 25 times in my life. That did not. That does not constitute a four-stroke penalty. Maybe it's a stroke penalty. I'll give you two, whatever. One for the signing in and one for doing it. But four strokes and for her to lose, uh, it, yeah, it it makes people that don't like golf or me that I'm on the verge. I, I you know maybe I could get a, watch it, not want to like. It, it makes it look stupid yeah. because when you're playing <laughs> golf, <laughs> you good luck putting that ball in the exact same spot. It's not. It's not like there's an impression or yeah. anything like that. We don't want to have the Cliff Clavens of the world who think they know everything calling. And go, well, you know, that was a penalty. Let's get them out. Yeah. No, that's not what yeah. we want. I could call back into the AFC Championship game the times the Patriots held the Steelers and we could go back, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, did, I don't know if you follow this at all. Frank Kaminsky and Dan Dockich got into a legendary Twitter war going back and forth about whether or not players should be paid. It was, it was, it Dockish was, kind of, I think, trolls, though, too. Yeah. Dockage is, I, 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 he's I, interesting. Follow. He, I don't follow him anymore. I, I, I've blocked him because to me, he's just <laughs> he's gonna, coming after you all the, the time, I, right? He, well, he's ignorant. I mean, that's <laughs> the only word to describe Dan Dockage to me, and I don't understand what ESPN sees in him, but, but it was pure humor. I mean, it was great entertainment to oh, watch. Well. And Frank Kaminsky, you know, he doesn't Frank care. Frank the Tank, come yeah, on. He, How do you, you not know, like him? Yeah, you got to love the guy. So that was good. Uh, I did not see it. That, I'll have to go back and check on that. It's really good. Uh, Michelle Beadle and kind of a late season NBA switch up. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, ESPN is putting her on the NBA Countdown Show and they're kind of moving Sage Steele to more of a reporter ESPN uh uh, person, which I thought was kind of shocking because Sage has really done, I thought, done a good job. I like Michelle Beadle, too, but it was weird, like towards the end of the season and now all this big change up at ESPN NBA, so we'll see what happens there. Well, it's kind of a, an interesting uh, about Sage Steele is that I, I think she does do a good job. Uh, I think she was a victim of where she's um, where she's working. A couple of years ago, they had her go drive in a car. I think I, forget, I think it was a NASCAR van. I don't think it was an Indy car. Maybe it was. And um, and I usually don't like to call people out on different things, but I, I, I that that bothers me because maybe I'm just an old time hardcore journalist that you don't do stuff like that. Like you know, I've been in situations where I could have been in photos and had free stuff. You know, you just don't take it. And I said, you know, this is the problem with 
TV sports today is that they're trying to be personalities instead of journalists. Yep. And she tweeted back at me, and we talked a couple of different All times. Right. And, and, I, and I understand why she would have wanted to try to defend herself. I think she was put in a spot for there because I know that her background, I believe she has some family members who are journalists. Uh, but I guess I've come to appreciate in the fact that if you're on TV and ESPN, you're not a journalist. You're doing journalistic things. A journalist completely abides by the SPJ Code of Ethics. That doesn't mean she can, yeah. but it bothered me at that point, but it doesn't bother me so much now because now I've, I've been at peace with myself over this. Well, and <laughs> what do the, you think? Well, yeah. it's the entertainment and sports programming right. network. And so they the are entertainment inter- part, yeah. for God's sake. You forgot right? about that, didn't you? So yeah, that, I did. A couple of other things. NBA season's Can't wrapping, sports uh, wrapping up. Uh, Interesting side note, National Hockey League said they will not go to the South Korea Olympics in 2018, which as a as a kind of a burgeon, a, I don't know what the word is, I'm kind of becoming more of a hockey fan as I get older. I love the Penguins. and it's I great I, sport. But I like the Kings and Blackhawks and Blues when they're in the playoffs as well. Um, but, you know, I thought, well, that's good. It lets the guys rest a little bit. But then I saw some of the... Uh, the, the uh, NHL media as well as some of the outside media saying, hey, dummies, this is a way to grow the sport of hockey in, in a country that has no idea what hockey is in Korea. So I, that was a really interesting take because I really thought that guys would be like, great, we don't have to go to Korea, we get some time off. Your thoughts? Well, I think it does in some sense market because you have these players from Sweden and Russia and the United States playing, so people watching the Olympics will connect to those games. But um, I still... I would rather have the amateurs playing. I would rather have that. And I, again, that's kind of an old school approach, but I, w- I want the NBA players not to be out there. But the reason, of course, we started doing that is because everybody in the world was paying their athletes to do this. I'm, I'm okay either way. The Winter Olympics are losing a lot. They're having some problems. Um, in the last Olympics, I just read the other day, two countries bid on the 2022 Olympics. Beijing, China. And Kazakhstan, for God's sake, because it's getting so expensive. I think it was like $50, $51 billion was spent on, on putting on the Sochi Olympics in, in Russia. It's becoming more expensive. Only about a quarter of the world care about it compared to the Summer Olympics. Uh, the U.S. Olympic Committee and the International Olympic Committee, I think, are going to start having to worry. Have we outbid ourselves? What, what's going to happen here? You know, if Kazakhstan, for yeah. God's sake, is out there. So I don't know that it matters one way or the other. But on the other hand... It is a good marketing ploy, right? There you go. Is it? You always have the answers, Joe. That's why I like your, your ah, game is on for this This is the only time record. I ever have any answers. I feel sorry Ask for my your, family you, and my <laughs> students. <laughs> your students at nine, but they better be ready this morning. There you go. We're Other on. stuff on your list, Mr. Joe. Um, I guess one thing is sort of golf-centric again um, is the fact that uh, Rory McIlroy um, has showed some lament for having played with President Trump. Um, on the one hand, he said he played out of respect for the office, which I I think if the president asked me, I'd play. I think you uh, have but, to. But he's been catching hell on social media and all other places for it. And he says, I disagree with him on these places. All the and and um, uh, But I did it for that reason, but I'd have to think twice now whether I would do that. I think this shows the power how social media has, it's, you know, it's no longer the journalists or anybody. It's it's the people through yeah, the social perception, media. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things. I think the topic I like there that you touched on is people can disagree and they can still quote unquote do things together and I wish our people in Illinois would realize that a little bit too yeah. on a side note but it, it's okay sometimes to disagree and have a nice argument or a nice discussion and say hey I get it you like blue and I like green and we're going to move on but some people just think it green? always green <laughs> well come on no, red, green and red you know what I mean so but I think it's okay though that you t- t- disagree and then go there any other things before we get to the Walking what, Dead finale what, one last thing about uh, we just had UConn get upset we forgot about talk about yes and uh do you think it's good or bad that they lost? 
I think it is the best thing that possibly could have happened to women's basketball. Women's basketball is one of those sports that's on the fringe of, I think, becoming, it's not going to be a major sport, but it's going to be that top of the level next set of sports. You know, you got the football, you got basketball, you got NBA, and you got hockey. You know, NASCAR's dropped down, soccer's coming up, volleyball's coming up, and women's basketball is something people can watch. By Connecticut not being a dynasty, it gives hope for other other people. And I think what you had this year is you had Mississippi State as one champion, and then you had South Carolina as the as the, as the overall champion. And then yes. Connecticut's still awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So now you've got three fan bases who are still pretty who like their basketball, and I think it's good. I think that them losing was probably good for basketball, but I think it's only good because I think that run that UConn had was essential for help lifting up. They, they were inspirational in the same yep. way the U.S. Women's Olympic soccer team was in 99, and since then by all these young young yep. girls looking at it, and I think they look at UConn the same way that, A, they're talking about UConn the same way they're talking about every other men's team, but them losing, I think, does help somewhere down uh, the sport. And I know Gino Arayama uh, gets a lot of crap. A very classy guy. After he gets he a lot of crap for being arrogant, very... but I thought he was classy. Oh and my I God, almost, yes. he almost had the look like, I don't really care that we lost. And I mean that in a, in a way that right. he understood what, what his team meant for basketball, and it wasn't a bad thing for them to lose. He's got all freshmen pretty much, And right? that's what I said. He told everybody at the beginning of this year, I don't really think we should be number one. I've got a young team. Right. Now, they're going to win it the next three years probably, but that's okay. But even if they win it one of the next three years or two of the next three years or even don't even win, I think the fact that they've had this run, this amazing run, not just the last four years, has been tremendous for it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I look forward to next year to see how they're going to do. I actually am now saying I'm looking forward to next year's basketball see, season where we may not have said that, right? It's one of those sports right? where you'll kind of pay attention to a little bit, which is fine, you know? You, right. gotta, you can never have enough sports, right? No. All right, Walking Dead finale. Now, I will tell you, Joe, honestly, I didn't get to watch it till last night. So I'm fresh. So Fresh? I'm fresh. I'm stale, so we'll, okay. we'll, we'll, you'll have to lighten it up. The Walking Dead finale, or I shouldn't say finale, season finale or mid-season finale, whatever they call it now because they have these two right, split right. seasons. Um it was a longer episode. They did, again, do the middle part where you just were like, okay, let's get to the point, mm-hmm. uh, which drives me absolutely nuts. I don't, you don't need to have an hour and a half if you're only going to really have 40 minutes of good stuff. I don't get some of the stuff. And, and the, the resurgent Sasha going back in time, that played out. And my, my, one of my kids said, oh, my gosh, how many times are they going to do this? I, I asked my wife at one point. Do you remember when she was? It was all dark, yeah. and the tear goes down her eyes at one point. Yeah. I said, "My wife works in the ER. I worked in the ER for ten years." And I and I said, "When people die, do, do, does a tear actually go down their eye or something like that?" Because I was curious. Because yeah. I, I can't even imagine what people do in the ERs and seeing yeah. death and things like that all the time. Yeah. And, and and she said, "No." I said, "Okay." But I know in TV that does happen, <laughs> so I think Sasha's dead. You know, yeah. it's funny how reality yeah. doesn't play a part. But at that point, I realized she was dead. Yeah. So yeah, it was just it took so long to get to, and then you you then you at the end you, you knew something was going to happen, and uh, it, it was good. It was a good overall episode, but it could it, they didn't need to do an hour and a half. I think they no. just want to give us an hour and a half to sell more spots, right? I got a sense early on with the whole Sasha and the music and the going back in time. They they were going. We want an Emmy. <laughs> they were trying to do. It seemed like an so? art. I, that, that's it a seemed like take. an artsy approach to it instead of just doing a good show that should by in itself be good. What? what I, that, I never thought about that, but I, I like that take on it because it, it seemed like it was really overproduced and yes. and they did all that stuff. And at the end, you know, it kind of had the the initial ending with the fight. 
and then it kind of had the music montage, which I still don't understand all the different parts of that and all. Right. Uh, I don't really the, the toy that Daryl found that said "Didn't know." Did you? I didn't. Did, that I. <laughs> I had asked my wife, I said, what does that mean? Yeah. She, and my wife said, I think that's from Dwight, that so, he left it there. Like, I didn't know that this, the, that well, this group okay. was going to turn on you. Okay, that, that makes sense. I, was, I don't know if that's true or not, but that makes sense. But why would Dwight put this tiny little toy in the weeds, you know, yeah, as if he's going to, yeah. how, how are they going to pick that up? Unless, of course, it's TV. Yeah, uh, that's but, right, yeah. I, I didn't know that. So I'm glad that makes, at least gives me some kind of answer to, I can hang my hat on until this, it starts. Because I don't, I didn't get a sense that Dwight did know. That was my first thing I thought I said, about. I was like, like, ooh, is he trying to pull something? I don't think he was trying to pull something. It makes sense that Dwight does want Negan gone with what's happened to Dwight. His face has been burned. His, he's lost his wife. And you, could, and you and there was a couple of scenes you could tell that you know earlier in the year that he was agitated towards Negan and couldn't say anything. So it does make sense. It just, again, you, you, it's great. The best thing about it, though, was Sheba the cat. I mean, Sheba the tiger. I kept telling myself, come on, I know Sheba's going to get involved. And Sheba finally made a great, her grand entrance yes. at the end of the episode twice. So that was pure great TV. That uh, it, it was, the, and I like the fact that Carl was the one who fired the shots. Right? Yeah. You know, like we're not going to let this happen. I, I was concerned that they were suddenly be, get captive again. I think that would have really made me not want to watch next year. Well, and if you looked at the ratings, the Sunday night ratings were way down from last year's finale, and I think it does happen that not enough happened this year. The problem is the fans of The Walking Dead want a lot more action than I think the writers can provide right now. I think the writers are a little bit behind, and hopefully they can take this summer to rejuvenate and and, and kind of listen to what the fans absolutely. are saying. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, next year's a crucial season for The Walking Dead because it's really pinnacled up. It's part of the lexicon of America right right now but if we don't get what we want i can see where people are going to say you know what it's been a good run but i don't have to watch it anymore so writers uh if you're walking dead this summer yeah put pen to paper and uh, let's do some thinking yeah i mean the whole idea of jumping the shark you know i mean with the um, <laughs> happy days yeah. but happy days there is this the show over if they don't come through next year i think the show's over i don't care how many more storylines they have it's going to have to go back to graphic novels they need to make this like I, I completely agree with what you said they need to make it more exciting perhaps the writers are way behind what the fans want i, we, I think they are without a doubt we were we we followed it a certain way and now all these Side well, stories that about, are kind yeah. of. Re- I, I want. I want to see action. Well, I like the show because of action. And think about what the person who doesn't know what The Walking Dead thinks it's about. It's about zombies. How many zombies were in last night's show? One. Was there only one zombie yeah. when yeah. they when they killed that one? Um, it was Sasha when she turned in, right? I, I don't think was there one was earlier any... when they were walking around. Maybe no. Yeah, it was when uh, Morgan. Morgan had said he got to, right? Maybe that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But think about it. That's all they show. I mean, so it was really, uh, it was not about Walking <gasps> Dead. It's the transition that these people are the Walking Dead. Uh, that's what people have been saying. Well, still, I want some damn zombies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that'll do it. We're way late today. So I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Have a great day, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the sports media show with Jeff and Joe. Check back weekly for the next show. This is the sports podcast that talks about the media's coverage of sports.